Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Blue Surge Podcast. This is Mike and Joe recording to you at 7.30 Eastern Time on Wednesday, November 8th. We hope you are doing well so far this week. We are a full week out from LAIC, so our plan today is to talk about a little bit of things that are in the news and then kind of go into our early thoughts about the Paradox Rift meta, things we've seen, things we've played against, and kind of give our early expectations as to what we were right about, wrong about, and what we might see in this big event coming up in the next week. Uh, but before we get started, Joe, how are you doing today? I am doing okay. I get to relax a little bit. Typically, I play Pokemon on Wednesday evenings, but uh, I had to attend in last-minute impromptu meeting. So, which didn't allow me to go to Pokemon. So I came home, ate pizza, and now doing this. Well, and we weren't even really supposed to be recording today, both because of Pokemon and because, you know, we were like, oh, we'll record Thursday, blah, blah, blah. And then we're just sitting here in call with other people. And we're like, I don't know. We just want to go do it now. And we're like, all right, cool. Like, we have the, we have the motivation to do it. Let's just do, go do it. Like, I had thought about it on the way back from that meeting. I just was so focused on food. Well, and you know, you and I are so busy, as everyone is kind of at this age in our lives. When you realize you have the, like, full motivation to do something, it's probably just a good idea to just do it. So we're here, and we're excited this, for it. This podcast is probably my longest running habit, I think. Oh, I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah, we're in, like, the 240s, so... It's uh, it's pretty impressive, and we bring that up time to time, and we do it for fun, and shoot, we keep doing it, and it's just gonna keep going until we decide we don't wanna. But you know, so far, so far we're hanging out. So pizza sauce on my shirt. What'd you say? I have pizza sauce on my shirt. Oh, that's a big L. But you can wash that out. You'll be okay. Yeah, I'll be fine. All right. Now that the pizza sauce crisis is averted, let's talk news. In the news, it has been a quieter week. We've had a little bit more come out about the Shiny Treasure EX sets. We've had um, some Crown Zenith products hit stores. The big conversation here is going to be around a couple new cards that will come out in Shiny Treasure EX, which I'll do first because there's really not a whole lot to say about them. And then after that, we will go into a new trademark for an upcoming set, which, you know, we find every once in a while. So we will be spending time with that as well. The first part, as I said, new cards. There's like two. There's really not a whole lot to go look at here. There's nothing too crazy. Um, There's a couple basic Pokemon that we're really not going to go into. It's not really worth going into. We have Reverum and Fridgebacks, which are pretty much a waste of time. But we're going to take a look at the Technical Machine. They got revealed, which I think will be fun to talk about. Um, we have a couple of these TMs in the Paradox Rift set, so nothing too crazy. This one is called TM Crisis Shot. Three colorless energy, as they all tend to have that colorless cost. Crisis Shot, 280. You can only use this attack if your opponent has exactly one prize card remaining. And then it gets discarded at the end of the turn. What are your thoughts? 280 is a pretty big number. Um, I think it'll accomplish what it's supposed to accomplish. So, um, I I think it's a good TM. 
a lot of things have three energy cost type of things. Um, it's splashable in, uh, in in Roaring Moon, so um, like so it's really used really in any situation. Well, not any situation. So that's like a situation. Like I, you just do a one of, and it's great. If you have one of, not no big deal. But that could really clean up a game for you. The only question is that you have to have exactly one prize card. And are we really in a meta where people have exactly one prize card? Maybe. I feel like more often than not, we're just at that two prize card trade type of deal. Typically. So I don't know how applicable it is right now, but I mean, obviously 280 is a huge number. And for three colorless, which is not hard to achieve, especially with reversal energy in format, there's a lot of unique opportunities. And and truthfully, this would be a really good TM and like, like we were just testing beforehand, Zoroark, the baby Zoroark. Yeah. Would love but a card like this. But you would be just at that point doing uh, slow bro. Well, it's if your opponent has one prize card remaining, right? Is that slow bro as well? I believe so. I thought it was when you have exactly one prize card remaining. Let's get a look into that. It is. You can use this attack only if your opponent has exactly one prize card remaining. Take two prize cards. Oh, well, then it does matter. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. So you would not run this TM. But it is cool. It's cool to have around the format. Uh, and then we'll move on to the next card. This is the only supporter card that's going to be around. It's It's stuff we've seen before, but... I don't think it'll have any viability. Students in Paldea. Search your deck for a Pokemon that doesn't have a rule box. Reveal it and put it into your hand. For each other student in Paldea in your discard pile, you may search your deck for another Pokemon without a rule box. So they stack as they get used, and you can search for Pokemon that don't have a rule box. Any viability here? No. Yeah, not not really. Like, at least it'd be cool even for a GLC, but you can only have one of them. So, yeah, there really isn't a whole lot that I'd be. I'm impressed with it all. So, that pretty much covers that. Moving on from that, the next piece of news we have is about a new set reveal or a new set name, and these we have three of them: Wild Force, Cyber Judge, and Crimson Haze. We've talked about the release date for Shining Shining Treasure. That'll be in. Uh, Japan. These Wild Force and Cyber Judge will come out on January 26th. Wild Force and Cyber Judge, pretty safe to assume that they are centered around Walking Wake and Iron Leaves. The two paradoxes from the. Well, they're not. They were event mods. They weren't even DLC, were they? They were event. So those two will be the feature, which again, we knew was coming. We also got a release date for uh, Crimson Haze, which will be the Teal Mask DLC set. This will come out on March 22nd. Um, is it safe to start talking about new Pokemon in the DLC? Yeah, I think it's past the, the week or two period. So this DLC will feature uh, Okidogi, Pheasantipity, those, those three legends. Diplin, Poltergeist, uh, and also Blood Moon Ursaluna, which was a cool little secret hidden in that DLC, one of the quest lines. So there's not much to say about these sets. We just kind of know that they exist. Um, Walking Wake will be an ancient one. Iron Leaves will be future. 
and we'll kind of just go from there. Is there anything you want to share about these? They're pretty straightforward. Uh, I sure hope it's better than the last Crimson's that we had. Ooh, are you comparing it to Crimson Invasion? I hope it's not going to be compared to Crimson Invasion. I also hope that it is not Crimson Invasion. I have hopes that it won't be because we're in the middle of this new future and ancient set, but, you know, there's always a chance. Any other comments on it? I think we had our dud set in the Obsidian Flames. I, I, it's fair enough. So now we can move on to just conversation. So Paradox Rift has been out for a week. We've been able to test against it. We've been able to play in person and online against it. And I kind of want to ask for your thoughts in terms of how you feel the meta has been going. Because I think one thing we were both, I don't want to say severely wrong on, but pretty wrong on was the fact that Roaring Moon is the best deck to come out of the set. Um, And I just want to hear your thoughts on testing against it because I know you were pretty overwhelmed by it as well. Yeah, I, uh, I it's a lot better than I thought it would be, and I think it actually became actually to me it kind of this sounds bad. It kind of gives me ADP vibes. I don't think it's that good. No, but like that, like frustrating to play against. Interesting. Because there's no there's no direct counter to the moon, really. Well, there kind of is, but there's like nothing splashable like that. And it's I think I find it really annoying. Um, like the way it's worded, like your retaliation cards, like Rocky Helmet or uh, Vengeful Punch. Or even Box of Disasters, for that matter, really. Because you can attach it to a B, whatever, right? It's damage done, right? And Roaring Moon specifically says, knock out the Pokemon. You don't put any damage on it, you just knock it out. You put damage on yourself. But that's kind of where I have the issue with, with Roaring Moon. There's no... Like, what would be good is be a Parasol or something with the Parasol-like wording that would return damage back. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I guess the way I look at it in, in my testing, I've been playing Golden Go a lot online and you've been able to kind of watch me play that too. We've talked about that. And I have felt that as long as you are able to keep yourself together after that first knockout, which it can overwhelmingly hit that knockout pretty quickly, you're usually in a pretty decent spot against it. I feel like it really struggles in the mid to late game. And maybe, they, I, maybe struggle isn't the right word. Struggle is not the right word, but I don't think it's nearly as oppressive. You need to throw them off prizes and you need to uh, have them brick for a turn. Because almost they have an answer, you need to have an answer back. And I guess like, maybe maybe like that because, one prize in there it has to happen. Well, and maybe it's because I'm only playing Golden Go, right? Yeah. Where typically here's the way it works. I start Gimme Ghouls, they start Roaring Moons, they get the first knockout, go to five prizes, and now it's a two prize trade game. If they take first prize and I take my first and second following it, now I'm ahead of the prize trade. 
And I feel like it really struggles, or I haven't seen many variants yet that have builds that that have like maybe some single prize attackers that are really scary to deal with. I mean, are there any big ones that come to mind that would be paired with it? With with Roaring Moon? Yeah. Um, not a single prize. I can't really think anything offhand. Nothing like that's pr- popped up. They're pretty much all multi-prizers. And the only single prize you really have is more Pico, but that's you're not attacking with that. Very rarely you're attacking with it. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think Roy Moon is the best card in the set based on early testings. No. Early testings. Disagree. I guess maybe not best card. What do you think the best card is? Vessel. Vessel is pretty stupidly Vessel, good. Hands down. I, I think I was listening to like an Azul uh, chat or rant or whatever. I don't want to call them that. Um, that Earthen Vessel is a very healthy card to have in the format because it opens up so much more possibilities for techs and things like that. Like it would not be possible to put Iron Hands in Chimpa without it. You know, what? I agree with you. I I, did, I was more thinking around on the Pokemon end and just completely mm-hmm. ignored the items. But I agree. Earthen Vessel is an incredible card. Uh, and we are going to miss it dearly when it rotates, even though we just got it. Just thinking about it rotating, just the health, like you said, being able to search up two basic energy, kind of like a professor's letter. Discarding one energy in this game, or sorry, discarding a card in this game to get two energy is almost... It's a, it's a worthless trade. So many I, decks benefit from the discard. Yeah, like there's, there's multiple times you want to get something out of your hand anyways. Yeah, so I I I would agree with that. But in terms of Pokemon, do you think it's the strongest one? Uh Yeah, probably, yeah. Or is it too early to have a verdict out on like iron hands and stuff? Uh, like, we thought that was going to be the scariest card, but it's kind of floating around, but I don't it's, know. It's where around, it is. but I think it's manageable. Most of the times, a lot of things can knock it out. Put it that way, right? So it's, I think it's manageable. And the uh, the the scary part about Roaring Moon is the aggressive side of it. Yeah, you're able to Roaring Moon turn one. Way more than you should be. Yeah, uh, you can almost have two fully loaded up uh, Roaring Moons in, within the, your first turn. Between Professor Sada, uh, Dark Patch. Manual attaching, you have Pokestops, you squawk and seize. You have Moltres. Uh, you have, yeah, I guess you can Moltres. I don't see as many people wearing that one, but sometimes they do. Like, I've seen them, I've seen like the energy switch stuff. Yeah. Uh, like, I just listed five to six different cards the way to accelerate energy in that board in one turn. Yeah, it's that pretty is crazy. stupid. Yeah, it it is pretty crazy. Just the which I guess in our meta and in especially NA, aggro usually is king. So I guess it's not super shocking. But I was interested. I was looking at some other deck lists, and like Iron Valiant is one that obviously people had a lot of questions about how we thought it would be used, and we were wondering how would we how it would be used and what it would be paired with. Were you thinking that it would be paired with um, Rapid Strike Urshifu? No. 
Because that's a pair that I see quite commonly on these online tournaments. Yeah, well, there's that, and people are trying to cheese out a very easy uh, yoga loop. Yeah, well, that's what they, they go yoga loop, uh, Rapid Strike Urshifu, Iron Valiant to try to set up that knockout. And I've also oddly seen it more times than enough, so I'm going to say it, um, with Entei. Yeah, is it because of the stadium? I guess it would have to be, right? Right? I I guess. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's weird that it's Entei specifically. I would have to look at some gameplay to really understand and analyze why it would be that over anything Well, else. and then you have the ability to play Radiant Charizard and things like that. So you have more going for it. I guess it'll be also weak Radiant Charizard, but I'm assuming... Actually, I'm starting to see more and more water kind of pop up. Well, here's the crazy part. Like, this one drops, so don't get me wrong. It's probably not incredible. This one's like Iron Valley and Entei, four fire, three jet energy. It's okay. literally not even using Valiant as an attacker. I don't think most of them are. Which is crazy to me. I guess it's so weird. Because we were valuing it as an attacker. But meanwhile, everyone else is in a totally different situation and they're using it as a utility. A pretty aggressive one at that. Yeah. Do you think that a lot like do you think that's good enough? I mean, I don't see a lot of them finishing high. No. Um I think what I know about it, I I think it's just a niche deck. I I hope there's something a little bit better out for it. Maybe there'll be another future partner, but it's I I, I Roaring Moon's the top. Golden Gold is probably number two out of the set. I was gonna say, I was like, is Golden Gold the second best deck in the set? Uh, I believe so. Standalone, standalone deck. Yeah. It probably has. And honestly, testing it, man, I've tested probably close to... We're getting close to about 20 games, and I think I've only lost like three or four matches. Like, it's a pretty... Now, granted, this is my play style, too. So my, my way of playing the game... This is right up my alley. So in terms of comfort level, I'm just flying through things. But yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with the deck as well. It's right where it might be a sponsor at too. So I'm like super excited. It's like the first time in a long time I'm super excited to play a deck and continue to play it. Despite and, good or bad. I think it's one of those things for at least for me that I'm so excited to play and so comfortable playing it that I can make it really work. Yeah, I think it's just it's just fun to fun to play you know and it's good right that's the two and like you said good or bad doesn't matter but like it kind of does matter right like you Uh, know you can bring it to an event and comfortably do well with it but it's not going to be oppressive or anything yeah you can definitely top definitely top pretty easily oh absolutely you can 100% top and on like it's such a flexible card because it draws and you have so much energy retrieval at the given moment. Like now that superior energy retrieval is in format. If that card didn't exist, the deck is terrible. You know, but that you combine earth and vessel, superior energy retrieval, uh, normal energy retrieval. This like deck is so, even. Dude, it's just so flexible. 
And so you could run Io or sorry, you could run Irida to get the items and get Greninja or Manaphy. You could run um, Arvin if you want to use the TM Evolution or some other tools in the deck to get with the Energy Retrieval. There are just so many ways to use this deck comfortably. I do you think it's good enough to get a top 16 finish at LAIC? Because now, outside of Paradox Rift, you have Lugia, you have Charizard, you have Arceus Variants, Lost Box, Mew, and then you add... I mean, I guess there's Chi and Pao Maridon. There's a lot of decks. But then you add Roaring Moon and, assumably, Golden Go to the mix. Is Golden Go good enough to climb those rankings? I really wanted to. Um, I would like to see it make a top 16. Like, what does it struggle against? Is it too uh, early? Like, what, what does Golden Go hate to go against? Probably single prizers, right? Yeah. It's got to be single prizers. Like, because, strangely enough, like you played Zorark, right? Right. You strangely struggled against it. Yeah, and that could be for a lot of reasons too. But like the prize trade hurts. And now yeah. you play Scizor. Yeah. So yeah, you, that helps. You're, you're you're banking on taking big knockouts, one hits. Or maybe you go heavier on the Scizor line. You know, maybe maybe that's like your lost box uh, approach or something like that to even out the prize trade. Because I feel like. Most Lost Box variants play a two-prizer, so that might not even be as bad. But just those single-prizer deck lists, because any double-prize deck, I would say it's at least a 50-50 matchup. Golden Go doesn't care what you're doing, unless you lock it or shut off its ability with, like, Path of the Peak, right? Path of the Peak might hurt it a lot, but... Yeah, but there's ways around that, too. Well, right. It's just it's just so self-sufficient. It draws. It does damage, and you only need one energy attachment. You have tons of energy retrieval. You have tons of energy search. It's just such a comfortable list. And Pokestop is a more aggressive build, but it works. You know, and you've played it with Beavers. You can play with Curlias. You can play with a lot of things that just continuously gather resources. So I... I would say it's definitely the second best deck coming out of the set. And I don't know, man. I, I think it'd be incredible to see it do well in day two. Because we were talking about earlier as well. It hits some really interesting weakness tables. Yeah. Like some of the Guardies, Chi and Pao, Comfey, which sounds weird, but that means Golden Gold only needs one metal energy. Um, and then um, there's something else. That it hits for hits for weakness. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's like three or four things that this thing hits that just happen to be in the meta. They're not they're not crazy. They're not super abundant, but enough to say, all right, this weakness is this this offensive typing is relevant enough, right? That and fire is not really abundant at all, which is weird because that used to be a very aggressive type. No, the most aggressive um, fire type is a dark type. Yeah. Well, they can always splash something in there at some point, but... Yeah, I love it. And, like, Radiant Charizard would kill you, basically, anyway, so that doesn't matter. 
Yeah. I, I love it, man. I think it's cool. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, Golden Go is definitely the featured child in our eyes, but Roaring Moon is the, the early king from the set. Um, Iron Hands, I feel like if you told me in six months that Iron Hands was the best card in the set because people figured out, you know what I mean, or like another set came out, it really wouldn't shock me. Because Roaring Moon is kind of like an early explosion, and then afterwards you kind of just have to figure it out as you go. Other than that, those are really the only three decks being Iron Valiant, Roaring Moon, and Golden Go that I've really seen. I mean, did you play against anything in person or see anything online that's super uh, relevant, that's new? Not relevant, but people play it cloth. So we're playing cough, uh, brute bonnet. I guess that is one you could do, yeah. Uh, some people are taking tinkering that in addition to his Cillian electrode. That's um, unique. Yeah, because you're you're dealing with cat status conditions, right? Right. Um, what else have I seen? That was one of um. Some people were trying to do lost zone and devoing. I was going to say, I've seen some Lost Zone decks that run the Devolution TM. Yeah, so there's some of those kinds of things. Uh, some, I like, there's a recipe for Iron Valiant somewhere. I know people are playing with, with uh, Rapid Strike, but I don't know. Well, there's the Zatu variant as well, that is more of a psychic type, like you're attacking with Iron Valiant. It's mm-hmm. the attach one psychic, draw two cards as an ability. Yeah, so I, I can't really think offhand. What else is really out there? Like, I guess there's potential for the monkeys. Yeah. Pan- the semi-seer, pantsier, and leaf one. <laughs> I don't know what they're called. I, I've not seen anyone play it, but the monkey trio has not really been played. No. Um, so, not unless you play it. No. No. If I was going to do that, might as- Actually, would that fit better... I what the ability does. Would that fit better in Zorark? Uh, it's worth a try. Mm. It's worth a try. I don't know. They're pretty terrible, so it's worth a try. I, know. We're, I think we talked long on that one, but... Um, Probably longer than anyone ever has. I think that's all the really cheese that's in there. All right, yeah, I mean, and we'll talk more next week, too, as we get to LAIC, but I kind of just want to talk about our early expectations and thoughts and just kind of share what we found so far um the last thing before we go i did in fact forget two new cards so thank you joe for pointing that out to me three new cards i guess um we have new cards from shiny treasure ex that were lost in some reprints we have the iron treads and great tusk exs and a mime jr Um, so we'll go mime jr first mime jr is a baby 30 hp for no energy make believe copycat your opponent chooses one of their attacks and you use it as this attack. Other than being hilarious and making your opponent choose the attack you hit them with, is there any viability here? Um, not really. I think it's f- pretty funny. Uh, so I kind of want to have one just for just for the the memes. But I think it be I no, no viability. <laughs> what about Kilowattrel? That's another card on here. It's a stage one, and although it doesn't have the United Wings attack like its previous evolution, it does have a move called United Thunder, 
Um, one colorless. This attack does 10 damage to one of your opponent's bench for each Pokemon in your discard pile that has the United Wings attack. Uh, it makes things a lot more interesting. Uh, it does have free retreats. And to be able to snipe now with United Wings makes it more intriguing. Uh, I know United Wings was kind of popular going into NEIC and a little bit before that, but it kind of died after that. I don't know if people just stopped playing it. Um, but the fact that now there's a Kilowatcher that can snipe is an interesting thing to me. I think it definitely could make it more interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I'm interested to play it, but that is that is more up your your alley. Definitely. Then move on to Great Tusk. This is a fighting type 250 HP EX with the ancient trait and the ability Quaking Destruction. If this Pokemon is in the active spot at the end of your turn, discard the top five cards of your deck. It's pretty hefty. For one fighting and three colorless, Great Bash, 260, and this attack's damage is not affected by any effects on your opponent's active. It's weak to Psychic and a retreat of four. Great Bash is good damage. Um, four energy isn't crazy. Quaking Destruction is just terrible, isn't it? Because Great Bash is so good. It's just not good enough, though, is it? No. Yeah, it's a cool card, but and it's if we're mo- doing two eighty, sure. Yeah, but it's a it's an ancient variant, so instead of getting more damage, it gets more HP. Um, an Iron Treads Steel type two twenty, uh, for one or two metal and one colorless clad rolling, one hundred and fifty damage. You may discard a future booster energy capsule attached to this Pokemon. If you do. During your opponent's next turn, this Pokemon takes 150 less. Weak to fire, retreat to three. With the booster energy, you're doing 170 for three. Any thoughts on this card? Bad. Bad. Yeah, they are bad. They've done the they've done the Dom fan variants pretty dirty in the card game. So I was I was hoping for some cooler stuff. But we had to talk about them. They're there. They're multi-prizers, so we spent some time with that. And that pretty much leads us to the end of our show. You know, we went over a bunch of new cards, some new news, gave our initial thoughts on the new set, and next week, we're we're heading into one of the biggest events of the year, the biggest event post-Worlds. Um, Joe, before we head out, is there anything you'd like to say? Everybody have a wonderful weekend. Have a great weekend. Test out Paradox Rift as much as you can, especially if you're going to compete in LAIC, which I don't think anyone around us is really traveling that far. But, you know, test out the set online. There's a lot of cool stuff to work with. Test out some Golden Go. We are big fans of it. Thank you for supporting us as you do each and every week. And we will see you guys next time.